This episode of the How of Car Washing is brought to you by SDI Conveyors. SDI Conveyors is the gold standard for belted conveyor systems for car washes. If you're considering a new car wash or if you're considering a major remodel and you'd like to put in a belt, you owe it yourself to look at the gold standard SDI conveyor systems. For more information, go to www.sticonveyor.com or contact them at 705-728-4868. Welcome to the How of Car Washing, the podcast that helps the car wash owner, operator, and manager address the challenges and opportunities associated with building and running automated car washes in today's fast-paced environment. And now, here are your hosts, David Begin and Henry Lopez. Hi, and welcome to this episode of The How of Car Washing. This is David Begin, and today we got two special guests. This is the first time I've interviewed two people at the same time. We have got the HR Ninjas on today from Affinity HR Group, and then we got Claudia St. John, who's the president of Affinity HR, and that might be a name you recognize because Claudia has been pretty involved with the International Car Wash Association and done a number of things. She's been involved in women of women in car washing. Is that the name? Women of it, in Claudia? car wash. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So she's been a speaker at that. She's been a becoming a common speaker at the uh, car wash show that we uh, just finished up in Nashville. And uh, you know, she's the president of this company. She's been involved in HR for many, many years, does a lot of things, very recognized person in the HR space. We also have Lisa Ritchie, who's the vice president of recruiting and talent for HR, uh, Affinity HR Group. I always get that confused, guys. I always say HR Affinity or Affinity HR, but it's Affinity HR Group, and I'll try to remember that. But uh, Lisa's with us as well. She's been in the business for over 15 years. She specializes in recruiting um, for uh, Affinity HR. Uh, she's actually doing a, a, some work for the International Carlos Association and helping pick board members. So you might hear from her if you're going to be considered a board member for the International Carlos Association. But uh, so uh, these are people that actually love HR and I appreciate you guys being, being on this podcast. And I love visiting with you guys because you guys have really changed my perspective on human resources and you've got me thinking about things. And I, I think you guys bring a great perspective to the workforce and you help educate me on what's happening in the workforce. Our pleasure. We love it. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you yeah. for having us. We're delighted to, to be back on and to be a part of this. It's uh, as you said, we love it. So it's, it's yeah. a little infectious for us. We love to talk about it. Yeah. And as an owner and as a manager, how to think about the workforce. So thanks so much for that. I'm going to, I'm going to issue a 10 penny challenge to you, David. Okay. And um, this is a, this is a challenge that um, I learned about this guy who um, ran a, a branch of Alamo car rental agency in South central LA, right? So okay. not, not the greatest place. Um, he was not a fluent English speaker. Um, and, but he had the number one employee satisfaction and really high client satisfaction scores for his location. And they went in and, did an investigation. Why? Like, what, what, what are you doing? And he has a 10 penny rule, which I think we should all have, which is every morning he puts 10 pennies in his right pocket. And those pennies represent giving somebody praise or recognition, giving them positive feedback, doing exactly what you want them to do on the job. Not above and beyond necessarily, just doing solid work, what, what you're asking of them. And every time he would give praise or recognition to an employee or to an employee, he would take that penny out and he would put it in his left-hand pocket. 
And he viewed his success at the end of the day, if he had any pennies left in his right-hand pocket, he had not been successful for that day. That's great. And, and I strongly believe that only 10 to 15% of our feedback should be corrective, you know, should be constructive. The rest should be saying, hey, you're doing exactly what I asked you to do. The way you handled that difficult situation, that was your real challenge with that kind of vehicle or that kind of equipment or how you problem solved that or how you dealt with that challenge with the employee situation, whatever it is. If you see them doing what you want them to be doing, stop and give them that praise and recognition and they'll do it again and, and it will inspire them. And that's what that, what that list was about somebody's giving me praise and recognition. So I'm going to, I, I, I consider a 10 penny challenge for a week and see what I happens. like it. No, I really yeah, love I like that, it. you know, cause my problem and the reason why I had to hire an operations manager, I, I'm the person that can go on site and a hundred things can be going right. I'll find the one thing that's not working well. Mm -hmm. and, and that mm -hmm. was never good for the employees. No. And so I had to get another guy to say, you're going to focus on the operations and I'm going to be the happy go lucky owner that's going to show up. And I'm going to tell everybody, great job. Thanks for what you did. You know, and it, it, it gave me the place to be that happy-go-lucky. I'm still not the happy-go-lucky owner. trying <laughs> to be the happy-go-lucky owner and let somebody else worry about the operations because I, I couldn't do both. I just, you know, I'm always trying to be better and trying to improve things, but it, but it never translated to the employees. It translated. David's never happy mm -hmm. with what's going on. We I can can't never satisfy do, him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's, that that's my you know that's my kryptonite as an owner is you know is and it, it it and 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 so you know making those changes years ago made a big difference for me personally and professionally but we we've got to keep you know we we as owners and managers we've got to have that attitude of hey you know the vast majority of things are going very well mm -hmm. so. and it will help with your millennials yeah you know, that's what they're seeking. Yeah. They're seeking feedback. They want to know how they're doing and can they do better, but they also want praise and recognition, you know, for better or worse. As I said, you did that to them, but, um, but that 10 pennies, I, I, you know, it's a metaphor, but it's, it's actually a very good practice. I love it. Try yeah. it, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I, lo I love that idea. And I think it would be really encouraging for people to do that, you know, and just kind of test themselves. Cause it for, when you put your hands in your pocket and you jingle that penny, you know, okay, you know, I got to yep. get rid of this penny today. So let me, let me work on getting rid of this penny. So, mm -hmm. well, I think uh, if it's any consolation to, to us uh, older generations, uh, I imagine as these millennials, um, as you said, come into these management positions um, in a few years, they're probably going to be asking, what in the world do we do with these generation Zers? <laughs> I don't understand them. So, so you know, there's that. <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't wait for you guys to start. Oh, what's wrong with this generation Z? I can't figure these people out because I've been doing that for the last 10 years on, on, uh, the last generation so oh, i can start as i said i've got i i sent one off to college he came back within four months and is now a barista so I, there you go yeah <laughs> i'm i've got lots of opinions about generation z yeah i've got lots of opinions about a college too i think that was one of the promises that were made to our generation if you go to college this will happen and i think those promises are not being fulfilled anymore mm -hmm. so I, I i like the idea of rethinking the idea of college and you know, I think as long as you're developing yeah. skills, I think that's going to be just as valuable as a college degree 
Um, I agree. I agree. It took me a long time to get there. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I, yeah. you know, two, two kids, I thought, you know, you've got to go to college. You got to go to college. And my older one is planning to, and my younger one, I, I kind of hope he doesn't, yeah. you know, I, I, I think, I think he's probably much better suited to, you know, to really learning a trade and, and doing that. And, and there's tons of opportunity yeah. in I, that space. I agree with that. And I just think, employers and this is really and this is i've been a i've been banging this drum with the ica for the last you know six or seven years but i think as a small business owner i've got to develop skills i when i hire an employee i'm generally hiring a person that's generally unskilled mm -hmm. and in order for me to keep them i've got to get a program or a methodology to help them develop skills where there's customer service skills maintenance skills you know, management skills, whatever it is, but I've got to teach them skills as the employee, as the employer. And, you know, that's why I'd love for an association to help develop. I know, you know, Claire Moore and her team is really working hard on that. And, you know, and you're, and you're contributing to that, Claudia, and Lisa, right, some of the training right. you're going to be doing, but you've got to develop skills as an employer to, you know, so that even if they go on and do something else, you know, I don't mind if employees leave and better themselves and go, go other places. And I've, I've had site managers go off and be operations managers. I've had, you know, shift leaders go off and be site managers. And I'm excited for them because, you know, I, if, I, if I'm the training ground for other car wash, car washes in the area, that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. so, yep. So. I totally agree. Totally so, agree. I think Matt had called you, Lisa, a month or two ago about some of the recruiting challenges and you gave him some interesting creative ideas or, you know, we're probably not going to hire a group like Affinity HR to hire, you know, our, our, our customer service employees and maybe shift leaders. But mm -hmm. if, if, we're, if we're in that environment trying to recruit in those areas, what are some of the interesting things you've heard here recently or interesting ideas that you've come up with on how to recruit line level employees? Right. Well, so remembering that the, you know, the younger generation is extremely tech savvy. Um, and so, you know, if I have a problem with my computer, I don't call a tech service. I go get my 14 year old, right. Come and fix it. So, um, I think that, that having a really, really good online presence, because when they see your name, they're going to go look for you online. Right. So having that really good online presence using social media, um, and, and showcasing again, that positive culture being out there and, and talking about your culture. And I, I'll tell you, you know, it's kind of old school, but some of the very best employees I have ever hired have been people that I've recognized at a retail store, giving good customer service, mm -hmm. you know, at a, at a, you know, somebody that is a great waitress or waiter. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't tell you how many of the best employees. So it, it's really, it's not that creative. It's just keeping your eyes and ears open. And when you see something that looks good, make sure you talk to them about it. Don't be afraid to say, Hey, you know, if you're ever looking for an opportunity, I'm, I, you know, I'd love to talk to you. Yeah. Um, and, and really creating that narrative, um, around what you guys are doing is special. Okay. It's car wash may not be that exciting, but it is like, you know, there's a lot of technology that goes into that, you know, all of the equipment that you guys are using. So really create that narrative of it's a growing industry and, and really doing that. I think that's going to be a, a key going forward. Um, and then obviously, as Claudia mentioned before, really having your compensation right. Okay. No, I have a, 
a couple of other things that I that I have sort of picked up. You know, I I'm I'm lucky because I I get to go to these pro these shows, and you know, I was in Nashville, and folks will come over and tell me like cool things that they're doing, and I I always get inspiration from from other other owner operators that are you know sh that are generous enough to share with me what they're doing. Um, some of them give all of their associates uh, business cards. And, um, and so they are also in the market for finding people and talent. Um, we, we see folks having, you know, um, employee referrals. Um, I would do, you know, an employee referral program that, you know, is like $700, $750. Because when you think about it, how much is it going to cost for you to hire and train and onboard somebody, you know, it, it costs a lot of money. And if, and if you bring somebody in, somebody brings someone in, um, and they last a year, um, they're going to stay, you know, unless they're a student and they're going to move on. But, um, you know, we, we see that, that they structure, they tend to structure those employee referral programs, 20, 20, 60. So 20% of the 750 or whatever, or thousand dollars, whatever it is. And I know, again, people are throwing rotten tomatoes at their audio device, but you know, 20% on hire, 20% six months or, you know, four months or six months, and then 60% at, at a year. Okay. That, you know, so getting your employee, your, your best employees are your employees. Yeah. So using them to help you recruit the, the <sighs> other thing, um, the other thing that, uh, that I've seen is, you know, like we've, Lisa and I have both been doing the college circuits, uh, with our kids. You go to those places, they give you the swag, you know, you yeah. get the, you get the bag and you get the hat and you get the cozy and you get those things most of these operators, most of these car washes have that. So when you have potential candidates, give it to them. It's like a sports team, you know, it makes them feel part of the team. Like they want to be a part of that culture. Mm -hmm. um, so, so dispensing those to potential employees. And then the, the other thing that sort of cool and funky, um, a lot of these guys have debt, um, you know, whether it's credit card debt, whether it's student loan debt, um, and helping them with the repayment plan, you know, helping to yeah. contribute to alleviating that debt. They'll take less pay if they'll, t if you'll, if you'll help them get some of that debt off of their backs. That's really, uh, right. that's a very interesting idea. I think I had heard that somebody was bringing that up to, um, you know, help them come up with a program to help them. Mm -hmm. And they're online programs now, especially for student loan, but also for credit card. They're online programs where um, you go, you sign up, and then they actually contact the lender, and it's it's you basically, it's an automatic deduction. They contribute their amount, and then you match their amount, or you put pay whatever amount you're paying in. You know, again, it's a taxable benefit. So, yeah. um, but if you pay them a little bit less in pay, and you say, I'm just going to send this directly. To help you get rid of the student loan, you know that. that yeah, that's that, that's throwing these people a lifeline that have yeah you know, so much student debt or come up so much credit card debt they don't know how to get out of it. Exactly, you know. and they're and they're stuck with payday lenders to try to get out of it, and then you're you know. Oh gosh, yeah. And they, and it also tells them that you you understand them and you yeah. care. Yeah, I like that. I like that idea. Okay, which one of you threw out the idea? So we've had problems of ghosting, right? Where this whole I didn't. That's a term I just learned about six months ago, ghosting, <laughs> where, where, you know, you get a candidate to, uh, you know, say, okay, we're going to have an online, uh, in-person interview at eight o'clock. 
you know, you have five people you're going to interview and three show up or two show up. So the other three that didn't show up, that's called ghosting where they just kind of disappear um, on you. I think it was one of you guys came up with an idea of gift cards. So offering gift cards to people that come interview. Was that either one of you? Lisa, I think that was you. Uh, yeah, I think it was me. <laughs> <laughs> I hope because I don't think it was me. That sounds very unfamiliar. <laughs> and, and I'm just, I'm like, oh, we've got to get gift cards. Yeah, I'm like, Cause that, that's my older generation hat. We got to give yeah. gift cards to get people to do interviews. You've got to be kidding yeah. me. Well, and it doesn't have to be a lot, right. you know, and, right. and for some people it won't make a difference. Right. Uh, you know, it, it, people will still ghost you. Yeah. Um, but maybe that percentage will, will, you know, will go down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, and it's just another, another way to get people because really what you want, what to do is you want to get across the table from people yeah. to be able to tell your story and to get them excited about the opportunity and, and to learn about them. And, and I think it, that to me right now with the, where the market is, is the biggest mindset shift that a lot of employers are resisting in some cases is, I mean, gone are the days of you just peppering somebody with questions. Like you really, it has to be that two-way communication. It's got to be the right fit on both sides. And you have to come at these candidates with, in a meaningful way about your culture and your pay and what makes you guys special. Um, because there's, there's a lot of other opportunity out there and, and maybe, you know, for a nickel more down the street. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. You know, and I had to finally come to the conclusion. It is what it is, right? When I finally accepted the way things are, instead of wanting things to be different, wanting things to be like they used mm -hmm. to be in the 1970s and 80s, I said, this is the way it is. And that, that freed me up a lot to say, okay, how do I deal with the new, the new way of doing things? And uh, instead of wishing things were different. So if you're, right. if you're an owner out there wishing things were different, stop doing that. Get over it. Yeah, get over <laughs> yeah. it. Start learning the way things are and, and you'll be able to, you know, you'll be able to make the adjustment. And that really helped me a lot. I, I got yeah. to yeah. say, and, and you guys have helped me with that quite a bit. So. You know, another thing on the ghosting, um, uh, and I just gave a presentation um, last couple of weeks ago to the Coin Operated Laundry Association. Uh-huh. Um, so different, but you know, not a dissimilar workforce and, and, and sort of work site. And what they did is they shot videos of, um, the different positions that they have and what they do. So what the job entails, what does it look like? How do they do it? And it's a real detailed sort of overview of what that job entails. And so another opportunity, if you have some candidates is, take a look at this video so that you see really what the job is. So, and then schedule the interview. Um, because, you know, some degree of self-selection isn't bad because otherwise you're going to end up with that dreaded turnover within the first 45 days because they signed on and started working the job. You trained them and you got them all up and running and you administrative hassle of getting them onboarded and then they leave. Yeah. Um, so, you know, those people, you don't want in the first place. And if they can get a realistic perspective of what the job is, you know, we, we also have to do that balance between marketing the position, marketing yourself, but being realistic about the job so that they don't leave. Right. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. I, I that's, yeah, all that's, yeah. And that Good statistic stuff. is 22% of all turnover happens in the first 45 days. Yeah, I say I, I, you know, I, I, and one thing that I had a consultant I hired, he was, he kind of focused on hiring 
at the time, but he taught me something that was really important that, that people are still interviewing after they've been hired. Oh, you know? sure. So yeah. And, and, and that's where I always made the mistake of thinking, okay, I'm done. Right. Mm -hmm. But they're, 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 they're trying to justify their decision. Did I make a good decision? Oh yeah. Company? Yeah. And so. at that point they still have the connections with the leases of the world. So they still have those options that are out there and yeah. you know, we developed and, and it's free for anybody. So just shoot, shoot me an email, but um, we developed a four week learning objectives for folks uh -huh. so that so that the hiring manager knows in advance, what do they need to teach this person? How are they going to teach them? Who's going to be responsible for teaching that stuff? And then at the end of the week, how do they do? So it's sort of setting up that training, that orientation, having somebody co-equally responsible for that education. And then at the end of the week, giving them feedback so they know they know how they're doing. Do they need to pursue it a little bit more, you know, or could they move on to something else? So that there really is a deliberate effort to train, nurture, develop, give feedback within that four, first four to six weeks. And, yeah. um, you know, the more time you spend, the more time you focus on that first 45 days, the much better off, you know, you're going to be because that, because that, then they'll be cemented and they'll be rooted correctly. To, That's right. Yeah, to, I, to I couldn't agree more. Giving people the right training up mm -hmm. front, setting the right expectations up front seeing that there's a good path for them. So here's what you're going to, you know, in 12 or 18 months, here's where you're going to be. You're not going to be right. highly trained. They can see a clear path. I think that makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. so. I think it's, it really starts from that very first morning that they come, you know, that they come to your, your location. And, yeah. You know, so many people, you make the mistake of they're not ready. Yeah. Yeah for the employee to come in. So, yeah. you know, one of the things that, uh, and actually a client shared this with me is, you know, they open at eight, but the first day the person doesn't come in until 10 or 1030. Yeah. So that they are ready and they have all of the equipment that the person needs. They have their name tag, they have, you know, their shirts, all of that stuff is ready when they walk in the door, because I, I think it's very demotivating to come in and, and kind of be an afterthought. Yeah. That's exactly, I couldn't agree more on that. And that's where Matt's been able to help dedicate time. I think the site manager sometimes has difficulty. If, mm -hmm. if there's not enough people running around, it's hard for the site manager to dedicate time to a new employee. And I think that's where, you know, carving off Matt to be able to, you know, he's got bandwidth to be able to do that. I think it's made a big difference. Yeah, wonderful. So, this episode of The How of Car Washing is brought to you by STI. STI designs, manufactures, and installs complete belt conveyor systems. Their systems are built for the harshest and most demanding of conditions. Delivering consistent quality and value, an STI belt conveyor will keep your wash operating at its peak potential for years to come. If you have any questions about how an STI belt conveyor could fit into your upcoming project or your existing operations, just give STI a call at 705-728-4868. That's 705-728-4868. Or visit their website at sticonveyor.com. So Lisa, when you were hiring for us, I mean, you were, it was still, I mean, you had done a few car washes, but you were still kind of, what are some of the challenges that you found, you know, for recruiting for site managers? And we, you know, it's very difficult. I think it's getting better. There are people now in the industry and sometimes you can hire people in the industry, but uh, what were some of the challenges that you were facing hiring 
site managers and what are some of the challenges you're finding like owners going through when they hire people for car wash? Well, so uh, we didn't have a ton of challenges, I don't think, in, in, in working with, with you and your team. I think that, um, you know, some of it, it it's, it's kind of like, a, a, it's like sales. It's a numbers game right. um, in that, you know, we may reach out to 50 people via whatever sources we're doing, ZipRecruiter, LinkedIn, you know, depending on the position, some, some of those sites are better than others. Um, and, and so you know, we, we may reach out to 50, we may get 15 that respond, um, and then, you know, pushing them through the funnel. I think, I think the biggest challenge overall is the, is the, the pace that things are moving right now. And I think being aware of that and mindful of that and understanding that, that candidates have other options. And, you know, if you, if you sit on your hands, you're probably going to lose them. I yeah. think that's the biggest piece. Yeah. Um, and, and then as you know, Dave, when we, when we go to market, we find out very quickly about compensation. Um, we don't, we don't tip our clients' hands on what their, you know, what their range is. We ask the candidate, what are your compensation requirements? What are you looking for? And in some cases, that's more than what the, <laughs> what the client was, was really comfortable with. But we start to see trends, yeah. you know, where, where it, you know, they're all either right within that correct range or that, that range that the employer had, or they're, you know, 10 or 15% more. Um, and I think that becomes even a bigger challenge in your smaller markets because not only are the wages bumping up, but your, your candidate pool in general is smaller. Yeah. Um, so I think you have to make some adjustments as you're, as you're going through this process. I mean, you know, we talk a lot about the bullseye of, you know, if the perfect person were to walk through your door with all of these, you know, all of the skills, what would that look like? What were the skills and experience look like? And then, and then we talk about, well, if we can't have that, then what does one rung outside of that bullseye look like? What can you live without? Like, what are the must haves that are non-negotiable? And then what are the nice to haves? Um, and so I think flexibility and, and really being willing to look at that and kind of think outside of the box is going to be, continue to be very important. Yeah. Do, do, you have, hiring. do you have trouble convincing people that car washing is a good industry to, you know, work at a car wash? Some, you know, you're hiring semi-professional people at a site manager level. Have you had any, I mean, I always felt like there's that challenge of the perception of the car wash industry. Have you, are you facing that or not? You know, I don't think we face that a lot. I think, uh, no, I think, um, I think people recognize that it's a good stable industry um, and that it's growing. And trust me, there are other industries out there that are way less exciting. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that we work know, in. Yes. Yeah. That we work in. Yes. Um, so, you know, so in some of it, and especially if it's a service industry type of person, I think, you know, they're used to working seven days a week or, you know, having variable schedules and that sort of thing. I think if you take somebody that is from an office setting and try to put them into that, then, then you may have challenges. But um, I think it's really trying to focus on the, the key accountabilities and, um, you know, the right kind of background and skills and going after those people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where you guys come into play because you can kind of see, okay, what are related industries, you know, like we, we've always talked about, I think retail is a good, you know, people that come from retail or come from food service, sometimes right. the right characteristics for car washing. And, and so you guys are really good at, you know, cause you've got that cross industry view many times that we don't have. Yeah. Looking for those translatable 
that translatable experience. Yeah. Yeah. And David, I would say that it's, it's no, I don't think it is a hard, I don't think it's a hard industry to fill positions. It's, it is, it, it is sexy. I mean, look, janitorial services is not sexy, right. but, um, but you know, you get to work with cars, you get to use, you know, your technology and all you have to do is go to the car wash show and look mm-hmm. at the people who are walking around there. And I mean, granted, those are folks who are motivated to be there, but they're young, they're vibrant, they're excited. They're wearing their colors and they're wearing the, you know, yeah. they, 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 they are jacked. And, um, and, and that's just the people who are there. I think more of the issue of folks are having a hard time finding, Finding people, it's again they have jobs. You got to go out and find them. Yeah. And 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 that transferable skill, as Lisa said, I don't I don't think it's a tough sell. It's just one that you have to make. It's a it's a you know it's an elbow grease kind of thing. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. That 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 that's a great perspective that you guys coming from outside the industry have, and I think that's helpful for owners and managers to realize that what we do is can can be exciting, and people who are excited about it. You know, it's, it's, it's fun to watch people you hire that are really excited about car washing. Absolutely. And you should have gone to the women's conference. I mean, it was young, it was vibrant, they were just stoked to be in the industry. And I got to tell you, there are a lot of industries that we're in that that are graying, you know, and you wonder, how long is this, how long is this going to go? But I think other than the promotional products association, which is really hip and cool and marketing and, you know, um, I think the car wash is probably the second most vibrant, um, young, innovative. And the other thing I'll say about it that's really interesting to me, even even apart from the oil change, the owners, many, many, many of them, this is their second or third career. They made their money doing something else and Uh they see the opportunity, the money and the industry growing. And so there are really, and you are obviously among them, the owners that we deal with in car wash are by and large, very sophisticated. These are not, you know, it's sort of a blue collar industry. Our, the owners that we deal with are not blue collar at right. all. You know, right. they're educated and they come from maybe a mergers and acquisitions perspective, or, you know, this is their second or third job, you know, career, I should say. Yeah. So it's a great, um, I, it's a, it's a, it's, it, I think it's probably why we dedicate so much time to it because it's such a cool um, space. You know, there's yeah. a lot to do in it. That's good. And I think, you know, I think there's a vast array of owners, but I think the people that reach out to you guys for help, I think are probably that more sophisticated group. Perhaps. And, and people that have a corporate background that understand it's okay to ask for help. It's mm-hmm. okay to get other experts involved. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, I, Perhaps, I, still, yeah. I still visit car washes. Sometimes I shake my head and go, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> but you know, I think, I think there's a percentage, it's a growing percentage too in the industry. And, I'm going to ask one more question about assessments and we'll, and then we'll kind of wrap. Like I could visit with you guys forever on this and I love, <laughs> I love the subject matter, but talk about the use of assessments. I, I, I'm a big believer in assessments. I think it gives some scientific, some empirical information to the, you know, I, we always talk about is recruiting a, a, a art or is it a science? I think it's a combination of both, but I, you know, I think it can't be a hundred percent art. I think you need some, some science and empirical information to kind of make decisions on, but Talk about use of assessments. Where should they use assessments? How should you look at assessments? Should assessments be the only driver for deciding to hire and, and th- those type of things? I'm going to let Lisa uh, start up and I'll, I'll wrap up on the, non, on the non-recruiting um, side of it. 
Yes. So we, it's, it's a very important part of, of recruiting. And I think for ongoing management as well. Um, it, it puts to your point, and I love to hear you say that it puts some science around the art um, because you know, you're looking at the experience on the resume, you're looking, you're hearing them talk, you're, you're meeting with them and it validates or, or brings up red flags on that assessment. Um, so it, it really is important to do those. And we, uh, we use, we use one in recruiting called the Trimetrics HD and it's a three part assessment. So it's a behavioral assessment, um, uh, a driving forces or a motivator. So how they act, is the behavioral, the disc, um, and then why they act the way they do or what motivates them or drives them is the second piece. And then a third piece is the, the clarity around problem solving and understanding people and, um, and processes. And then also on an internal side, how well do they understand themselves and, and where they're headed and, and, and they're you know, feeling comfortable in their own skin and putting all of that together really, again, will validate what we're seeing and hearing through the process. Because um, as we know, people can, people can interview very, very well. And so again, it's, it's putting that data around it. Yeah, I, I can't agree more. And you know, yeah. back, back, back in the days when I did sales training, we, we try to educate sales managers. The worst guy to hire is a sales guy because right. he, he can yeah. sell you. And the, and the <laughs> right. worst, worst guy to interview a sales guy is a sales mm -hmm. manager because he loves good sales guys. Mm -hmm. so it's yeah. This, you know, mess of a, you know, it was this, this kind of this train wreck of a sales manager hiring sales guys and they're convincing each other that they like each other. <laughs> good. Right. And right. it just, you know, and you ended that, that, that was a major problem, but yeah, you, you, you have the dynamic of an employee that's putting on their best face, uh, a person that's interviewing that really needs to fill the position. And so, you know, yeah. you're, you're, let's cross our fingers and hope it works. Yeah. You're, 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 you know, <laughs> what, what you're doing is you're, is you're filtering out all the things you don't want to hear and, and listening to all the things you want right. to hear. Right. And that becomes a very dangerous combination when you're hiring. And so that assessment is that third party step back, you know, is this person really a good fit for the job, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and our organization, yeah. you know, culturally, is it a good fit? And we, we won't, uh, take on a, a comprehensive recruiting package, our, our guarantee hinges on That's right. completing yeah. the assessment yeah. because it is such a critical piece of it. Yeah. Um, and then from, you asked a question about, you know, how much weight should it, uh, should we put on it? And we encourage our clients to use the rule of thirds. So the first third of your hiring decision is based on the resume, the experience, the background. Have they done what you need them to do? Or do they have those transferable skills to be able to do what you need them to do? The second third is the assessment. So again, do they have the behavioral style that makes sense? Because you certainly don't want a salesperson who is an introvert, <laughs> you know, so you have to make sure that all of that matches. And then the final third is really how do they show up? Do they fit culturally? Did you like them? you know, can you see them fitting in with your current team? Um, so, so again, you're not looking at one piece more heavily than the other. Now, having said that, we have knocked people out if they look like a complete wackadoodle on the assessment. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it doesn't happen very often, but it has, but it has happened. Um, but I think using those rule of thirds, it takes, it takes the possibility of bias out of the equation because you're really looking at data points throughout the process. 
And as far as when to do the assessment, we have clients that do it different ways. Um, you know, a lot of people want to see it before they ever meet with the person. Yeah. And then others want to meet with the person, you know, make sure that they really do feel like it's a good fit and then do the assessment. And, and we're really fine with it either way. Yeah. So do, do you have any recommend? I mean, the assessment that you use is, is a very sophisticated one. There's a, there's a cost associated with it, you know, a pretty, pretty high cost. Is there any other assessments you would recommend? We, we actually signed up for one that's kind of a uh, unlimited use for a certain price, mm -hmm. which I felt better about because then, then it makes me more want, you know, we use it more use often. It more. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. Do, do you guys have any recommendations in that area or? Well, so um, when we uh, and and when we first started doing recruiting, we didn't use any testing, and we did a little study and found out that we had about a thirty percent attrition rate within the first year, which meant that thirty percent of the people we placed weren't there at the end of the year. Right. And because we have performance guarantees and because we care about our clients, we we knew we had to fix that, and so we put in place just the DISC assessment, just the the DISC, the behavioral okay. assessment. Uh -huh. That brought us up to I don't know. 80 to 84 to 86% success rate. So it definitely moved the needle. And then when we put in this, the one that Lisa described, which is DISC and motivators, and then this wackadoodle, you know, detector, uh, behavioral assessment, yeah. we're up, I don't know, probably around 92, 93%. So our, so our turnover rates are very, very low um, at this point. And those tend to be because life changes or something happens or, you know, so, so we're, we've got it where we need it. And the only thing we've done differently is using the assessment. Um, so what I'll say is, so we, we looked at Caliper, we looked at Wonderlick, we looked at Strength Finders, we looked, looked at the Berkman, we looked at a wide variety of assessments. Um, and we, we, we chose the one that we did, which is the Trimetrics HD, and it's $305 in assessment. So it's not cheap. It's probably on par with, with the Caliper. Um, but what I liked about it was the caliper was more narrative and it gave you sort of a higher, no higher, but it didn't really give you much of the data. Whereas the, the one that we have gives you all of the data points so we can look at each, because we look at each job uniquely and each situation uniquely, we can apply our knowledge of the data to that situation. So that test works no matter what type of position we're looking for, whether it's a CFO or a customer service rep or a delivery truck driver. Okay. So, no, that makes a lot of sense. And, so, and, and yeah. for you, you know, I mean, your, your increased success rate, and that's real money to you because, oh, yeah. you know, because it, it's very, you'll have to re, I mean, with our agreement, if our, site manager didn't work out, you would, you were going to rehire him. Gonna, yeah. You're going to do it again. And that, yep. that's just, that's time and money. So. Nobody wants that. Nobody yeah. wants that. But what I will say, David, um, the one thing that's really important for, for listeners to know, first of all, I, I don't really care which one you take, just do one, yeah. you know, start somewhere so that you get familiar with incorporating data into the process. Um, but uh, what you do want to make sure is that if you're using it for hiring, now I use that assessment, I use pieces of that assessment for lots of different things, you know, for team development, communication, and workshops and things. But for hiring, you need to make sure that the test that you are using is valid for selection and hiring. It has to comply with EEOC standards. And it basically, what that basically means is that what the assessment is, is testing and what it's saying it's, it's finding 
does not discriminate against any protected class. So right. it has to be, the construct has to be valid, what, what it's asking has to be valid, and the content has to be valid, what, what, what it's revealing has to be valid. So um, if you're using one, for example, Myers-Briggs, that is not valid for selection because it only reveals 16 different behavioral styles yeah because it's basically four times four so you can only come up with 16 it's just too broad for hiring and selection but if you're using a tool like that you you have to base your hiring decisions on something other than that test it doesn't mean that you can't use the test but you have to you can't base your hiring decision on the results of the test it has to be based on something else right. and the other thing i would recommend is that if you're hiring a class of people, let's say um, sales reps. If you're testing one sales rep, you should test all of your candidates. You need to be consistent in who you're testing. It doesn't mean that you have to test your customer service reps if you're testing your sales reps, but yeah. you need to be testing consistently. Yeah, no, that's 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 great advice. And I, I didn't realize that, you know, you gotta be testing everybody consistently. I think that is an important thing. And, and most of these assessments are, they, they have done methodology studies to determine statistically that it doesn't, you know, that it's fair, I guess. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 And, and um, a lot of times, for example, like we have the DISC assessment, which is part of Targeted Training International. There's also Wiley has everything DISC. Um, it's the same. They're testing the same things. They're just slightly different tools, but that one's not valid for selection because they haven't, they don't have any of the data to back up whether or not they can make that claim. Yeah. Probably they can but because they don't collect that data, they can't make that claim. That's so right. if you're using just that disk, if you're using that assessment, you just can't base your hiring decision on that result. It has okay. to be something else. Okay, that makes sense. So if they say, why didn't you hire this person? You can't say, well, because this assessment didn't. <laughs> didn't yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, instead, it should be, well, you know, they, they bombed the interview. Or they, do, they didn't have the experience or, yeah. you know, something else. That's good, good advice. Good advice. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of assessments. So I think they ought to be part of the hiring process. Amen. Good. Hey, this has been a great discussion. I can't, we've been at it for an hour and a half. I think I'm going to break this up into two podcasts, but um, this is great stuff. I can't thank you guys enough. I always enjoy visiting with both of you because I learned so much. This is kind of a passion area for me. And I, I truly believe that as competition has increased in the car wash industry, the difference between the winners and losers will be this. I think this will be the secret sauce in success in the car wash industry. And I think our customers will know they'll be able they want to go to a place. If there's two car washes a mile apart from each other, they've got to be, they have a choice between which one they go to. I think they're going to want to go to the one where they see teamwork, where the employees are engaged, where they're taking care of customers. And so I, I really believe you know, the human resource aspect of car washing will be the secret sauce in the future. So I think you guys are going to play a big role in that as well. So yay, we like that. Great. Yeah, yeah. That's so thanks. Terrific. Yeah, thanks so much. If people want to find Thank out. Thank you for including us. Yeah. Yes, of course. So if people want to find out more information and need some help on assessments or mm -hmm. recruiting or whatever, how would they reach you guys? So there's a couple of ways. Um, they can go to our website and see our menu of services, which has all of our pricing. So that's affinityhrgroup.com forward slash ICA. Um, and they can also hit the contact us on that website. It comes directly to, to us as well. Or they can email me at Claudia at affinityhrgroup.com and Lisa's Lisa at affinityhrgroup.com. 
Insurance.com. Perfect. Yeah. So lots of services they offered. I did have my policy and procedures manual rewritten mm -hmm. uh, by you folks, I guess, last year. So they, they do a lot of different things HR-wise. So they can be your your HR department to some extent. Um, you know, if you're a small business owner, they're, they're good to lean on. So, you know, That's definitely right. think about how you can take advantage of that. So guys, this is my first double interview. I appreciate it. It was fun. <laughs> it was fun. Thank yeah. you. Thanks and, for letting us do it. And we'll, we'll definitely do it again. Sounds terrific. Thanks yeah. so much. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the How of Car Washing. We appreciate it. Go out to iTunes or Stitcher if you'd like to leave a review. We, we certainly covet your reviews. It helps other people know what we're doing here. And we're also on Spotify and Google Play. If that's your, your, uh, your podcast platform of choice, you can find us there. But uh, we also are on our website, www.thehowofcarwashing.com. And uh, for Lisa and Claudia, this is David Begin. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on The How of Car Washing. And once again, thanks to our sponsor for this podcast, STI Conveyor Systems. STI Conveyor Systems is the gold standard in belted conveyor systems for car washing. For more information, go to sdiconveyor.com or contact them at 705-728-4868. Thank you for listening to The How of Car Washing. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofcarwashing.com and leave us a comment if you have a topic you would like discussed. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you next time on The How of Car Washing.